Hey guys, welcome to the For The Win Podcast. I am today's host, Evan Thorpe, and joining me is Steven Ruiz. Hemel's gone. <laughs> she left the the immature boys to themselves. Yes, Hemel has ruined the FTW Podcast <laughs> by allowing us to take over, but we're not going to do anything crazy. It's in good hands. It's in good hands. Uh, today we'll be talking about Kyler Murray and what's going on with him and Josh Rosen. Uh, who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. We're going to talk about some Antonio Brown and everything he's been doing <laughs> <laughs> since that last game as a Steeler. So, Stephen, let's start off with the Calamari news. Uh, I think the biggest news to me is that he is 5'10 and 1'8". Yeah, and that's <laughs> like that's how dumb the NFL Combine is, is, that the biggest news of the day was that Kyler Murray was an inch taller than everyone thought he was going to be and that his hands were like a normal size. Like That was like... Big news in the NFL world. If you're not 5'10 in the NFL, like, are you really short? Is that short for the NFL? 5'10? Yeah. You mean, like, I mean, it, it's not really short for life, but, yeah, in the NFL, there's massive human beings chasing after you. I feel like 5'10 is small. But I feel like if, like, you're not 5'10 and you're, like, under 5'10, are you looked at as small around the world? Because Kyler Murray compared to 6'5 Giants on the offensive line, he looks small, but if he was walking around day-to-day, he'll be an average size. But I feel like if you're running an NFL team, you're not looking for average size <laughs> gentlemen to be on your football team. You want big guys. So, I mean, I get that, but I mean, just watch him play. He's good. Like, why do we care about his hand size? Why do we care that he's tall? He's never been tall, or that he's short. He's never been tall in his life, and he's produced everywhere he's been. So I don't think it's a big issue. But now we have this josh rosen triangle situation so awkward will what do you think do you think they're going to trade kyler murray or trade josh rosen to draft kyler murray so in my head i always looked at it as they're hyping up murray so somebody could bring a big deal to get to get that number one spot Mm -hmm. because if you make it seem like oh we're definitely going to draft him he's the best quarterback in this draft class you're going to have teams out there like uh, the Raiders or the Jaguars who go, God, this might be our chance. Like, this might be our only chance to get that quarterback we've been wanting for our franchise. So I feel like they're just trying to build up that action price. So not only will they get the guy they want and keep Josh Rosen, but, like, they're going to get draft picks for potentially next year or if the Raiders trade one of their five first-round draft picks. If that is what they're doing, I feel like they're working way too hard to do this. Like they're possibly alienating Josh Rosen. Like you got he's gotta be salty about this. And I don't feel like you don't have to you don't have to like come up with this great pitch to fool John Gruden or the Jaguars into doing something stupid and giving up things. I mean, they're gonna do it on their own. I think they could get all three first round draft picks from the Raiders if they <laughs> if they just play their cards right. Now, it's not gonna happen, but you have I, – I like Rosen. I thought, you know, what does he have to work with in Arizona besides Larry Fitzgerald? No quarterback's going to succeed in that, in the situation he was put in last year. He was the most pressured quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. He, he was throwing into tight windows more often than any other quarterback in the league. I mean, that's what you want. You want open receivers and you want time in the pocket. He didn't get either of those, and he was 21 years old. I think he was the second youngest starting quarterback behind Lamar Jackson. And – I, like, if I'm a coach, I don't know how much, or a, a GM or owner, I don't know how much faith I'm going to have in Kyler Murray when we've seen him basically go back on his word 
for like the past couple months. He was going to be a professional baseball player. Guess what? I'm not going to do it. Then it was like, well, I might go to spring training. I'm not going to do it. Like, are we sure that he's 100% committed to playing football, even though he says it? Oh, you're one of those guys. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's football compared to base baseball's baseball's boring. I'm not breaking any news there. Like, if I was an athlete, I'd want to play the more exciting sport, and I feel like it's football. Although, you do get hurt, and you don't get as much money. I'm about to say, if uh, when I have kids, I'm telling them you're playing soccer and baseball because Bryce Harper made $330 million to play baseball. Train him to be a kicker. I feel like that's, you don't even have to be a good athlete. Like, even if your your genes don't translate and they're, like, unathletic, you could train them to be a kicker. For, like, I feel like me, I can go out and train for, like, three straight months. I can make the NFL as a kicker. I feel like I've never seen a black field goal kicker in the NFL. I've seen mm. black punters. There's been black punters. I can't think of any off the top of my head. There was one. He played for the Panthers, but he never really made the team. I think he got cut in uh, the offseason. His name was Jason Medlock. He played for UCLA, and he was mixed. <laughs> he was close to being the Jackie Robinson of NFL place kickers, but didn't quite make it. All right, so young Evan Jr., <laughs> uh, get ready to be the first black kicker in the NFL. But back to what we were saying, I think Murray, I don't know how long he lasts in the NFL. I think he might play 10 years and be like, yeah, I want to play. I want to play baseball game. This is like you sound like an old sports writer, like with all your concerns. I don't know if he's committed enough. I don't think these quarterbacks they la- like. I don't think size matters for getting hurt. Like Carson Wentz is like the biggest quarterback in the league and gets hurt every year. And yes, I said that, I brought that up on purpose <laughs> just to send a shot your way. I mean, Cam Newton's always injured too. Like we saw, he had a shoulder injury last year, but he he got in a car accident where his truck flipped and he missed one game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, uh, it looks like we do have some black NFL kickers. Oh, we got some research. Jonathan Brown. Wow. So, I'm wrong. So, my, I... my son would be the second black kicker in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But I just feel like Kyler Murray doesn't know what he wants. I don't know if it's technically him who knows what he wants? Maybe it's his dad. Maybe it's his agents who are, like, pushing him to do one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't have success in his first five years, can you say that you see him sticking around in this league? Yes. I think he sticks around in the league. I think he wants to play football. Just based off the interviews I've seen. And I just think how just growing up in this day and age, I don't think kids are like clamoring to be baseball players unless they've just been playing baseball their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing they're focused on. I think he wants to play in the NFL. I think he's going to be good. I don't think the Cardinals should trade Josh Rosen for him though. No, I think uh, I, I would really like to see him in New York. I think him, Odell, Saquon, that yeah, might be, be like fun. the ultimate offense, but when have the Giants really like done anything positive with the quarterback position? They're going to have Eli Manning start the year off and just move on. Just move on. <laughs> so Murray probably had one of the best combines without barely doing anything. The worst combine, though, we can say who that is. Yes. And that's Florida's Ja'Kai Polite, who approached a job interview. Like, did everything you shouldn't do when you're interviewing <laughs> for a job. It's like when people, when a when a employer asks, like, what are your weaknesses? You don't actually tell them your weaknesses, but mm-hmm. that's what he did. You don't say he was a reporter asked him, like, have you been 
what have you been focusing on and trying to improve when you're watching film of yourself? And he, his response was, I don't really watch film of myself or try to improve. It's just instincts. Like, what? Why? And then, like, the worst part is you go to the combine, so your measurements, you mm-hmm. know, look good on paper. And even if a team had a doubt about your playing style, it's like, well, you look at the potential. And if you don't know, the combine has, like, the spider graph where they show where you rank as far as participants. And his was bad. His was bad. Like, you want it to you be. You want it to be big. Yeah, you want it to be big, a lot of green. And his was, like. I don't even, like this is like a McDonald's chicken nugget shape <laughs> that it came out to be, but like how like I don't even know how to ask this question, but like how do you think he prepared to even go through this? That's what I'm like. Who's talking to him? Who's <laughs> like preparing him for this? This is your job interview to make millions of dollars. Like he legitimately probably lost like five million dollars by not being prepared, and all you're doing is exercising in front of people. Like, how hard can it be? And just answering, like, common sense questions like, oh, yeah, I've been working on this. Just lie, even if you you haven't been working on it. Is the combine interview uh, portions harder than the SAT for athletes? I mean, it probably is. They ask the dumbest questions. Like, like one guy <laughs> got asked, or one guy got challenged to a staring contest yes. by the Seahawks. Yes. Like, are I want to see the guy's notes. Like, what notes he was getting from that. Did somebody get punched in the chest as soon as they walked in the door? Yes, he punched <laughs> someone in the chest. Like, I firmly believe that the craziest people in the world work in the NFL. But back to Polite, like, how could he have made his combine experience worse? I mean, just like, I'm just waiting drug. for, like, a failed drug test to come out. <laughs> He's, like, committed several crimes while in Indianapolis. Like, he robbed a couple liquor stores. Or, like, what, who was the guy who, uh, on draft night, the pitcher came out of him with the bong? Oh, Laramie Tunsil. Like, what if a picture of him came out during the combine? Like, when he was running his 40. I feel like the equivalent is Ja'Kai Polite, like, showing reporters the, <laughs> the video that he recorded on his phone. Like, look at this video of me doing drugs. Like, hey, I know this 40 is bad, <laughs> but look at this picture with me in a 40. <laughs> That's a good way to spin your bad 40 time, though. Hey. Gets people talking about something else. Yeah. All right, so enough of the draft. Let's talk about probably – uh the biggest diva in the NFL, some people will say. Who, Ben Roethlisberger? No, the guy he throws the ball to. No, it's Ben Or he attempts to in Antonio Brown. Wait, so you're Team Ben in this situation? No, not at all. I'm Team Brown, but people call him the biggest diva. I think he surpassed Odell as far as, like, the most hated yeah. wide receiver. Yes, and if you haven't been paying attention, Antonio Brown's been going on, like, a media tour. <laughs> after his trade demand, and he's basically been just throwing the Steelers under the bus every chance he gets. He called out Ben Roethlisberger, who notoriously calls out teammates on his radio show like every week, mm-hmm. and Brown finally responded to that. He, I think he said that this is kind of who Big Ben is, and he does this all the time, and then he referenced the GM's comments. The GM was saying how Ben's allowed to do that because he's dealing with 52 other kids in the locker room, which is totally disrespectful to the other adult men that Ben Roethlisberger plays for. Like, who are you calling a kid? Uh, Villanueva, the left tackle? He served in the Army. It was like a Green Beret or something. You're calling him a kid? I just, I think my favorite moment of this whole, like, Antonio Brown media tour is what he said on, uh, what is LeBron James' The Shop? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Talking about the, I forgot what game was it where he threw the interception at the end of the game. The Broncos game. And... 
in the clip, he says, bro, you threw that crap to the D-line. What the expletive you mean? <laughs> I'm over there wide open. Proving that this isn't just a off-the-field issue. It's on the field, off the field, probably something that's been building up for years. But mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of – I agree with, with Antonio Brown, like – he came out later in the interview with ESPN saying, like, he doesn't need football. Like, his life is mm-hmm. good where it's at. And I think people, like, once you play a sport, like, you people can't see you outside of that sport. And certain positions, like, you will always be beneath other positions. Mm-hmm. And with this one is he's always going to be, be beneath the quarterback he plays for. Yeah, you're never going to win a fight against a quarterback. But like, he, they're always going to choose the quarterback over you. But he's showing, like, one, I'm not going to allow that quarterback to keep me quiet. And the stuff I'm I'm, I'm speaking on is the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, Ben Roethlisberger isn't the perfect quarterback. So why does he get to criticize everybody, but the people who rely on him can't criticize him? Exactly. And I think that's the problem he has with the Steelers. And that's why he's saying this is like a matter of respect. That's why he wants to leave or get traded somewhere else to another team that will respect him. And I think people are criticizing him. They're saying, oh, he's tanking his trade value. Why should he care, like, what the Steelers get back in return for him? If I was him, I'd be doing the same thing. I like the scorched earth, like, approach where you're just burning everything down on your way out. How much do you think he learned from how Bell handled his situation to not only get yourself out of Pittsburgh, but to do it with, like, you controlling Mm -hmm. how you get out? Yeah, yeah, I think that probably helped him, like gave him the confidence that he could do this, like he could go rogue and like force his way out. And it's, it looks like it's going to work. I think he ends up, he's probably going to end up getting traded like within the next few weeks. That's what Peter King of uh, NBC Sports is saying, mm-hmm. which is exactly what he wants. And I think he ends up getting the guaranteed money that he's seeking, which there's none left on his contract in Pittsburgh, basically. Where do you see him uh, going? I think the Raiders. Raiders? Just because they have so much, so many assets they could trade. And I think they need a receiver after trading Amari Cooper, who wasn't really working out. I don't know if John Gruden's going to get the most out of him, but I've seen reports that they're going after him and Bell. And then if they draft Murray. Wow. That's, I mean, people are laughing at John Gruden, but if he puts that trio together, that's a pretty, I would trade Khalil Mack for that trio anytime. anytime. I don't know about you. And, and, they had uh, Mary and Brown working out recently. So mm-hmm. I like that. I, I would have said uh, San Francisco, NFC team. You don't have to worry about playing this team potentially in the playoffs. And Garoppolo's coming back. I think you want to have that attractive name at wide receiver and, you know, hopefully bring back, you know, the grace of San Francisco football. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hasn't been there since, what, well, they had Jim Har- the Jim Harbaugh era. Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl versus the Ravens, but, I mean, since then. I don't think they need him because they have Kyle Shanahan, and it, like, doesn't seem to matter who's, like, on their offense. They're going to score points. Like, they had Nick Mullins playing last year, and he played, like, a top 15 quarterback. And he, trust me, he's not a top 15 quarterback. He's not good. But I think if you add him, it frees up a lot of stuff in, in the wide receiving core because you look at Juju – I mean, I don't know what Juju expects to do next year. He's going to have all mm-hmm. that attention on him. But I think Brown opens it up for everybody else That's and allows true. you, you know, especially with Garoppolo, he's been a, a starter for not even a full year. Like six games. Yeah. Or more than that, like ten. But, yeah, and we saw what Shanahan did when he had Julio Jones in Atlanta. They broke records Yeah, that last year. 
All right, so Himmel's not here, and I'm going to wait to have my – it's not sports, but whatever take, but this is kind of a preview for next week. This is a tease. This we, is a tease. We call this a tease in the business. This is a tease. I watched A Star is Born, and if you listen to this, this, the show, you know Himmel's a big fan of it. If they won the Oscar, me and Steven were going to watch, watch it. it. You watch it anyway. But I watched it anyway. Steve is going to watch it now I'm sometime watch within, it. within the next recording, and we're going to have a great discussion on that movie. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to give you any type of spoilers on how I feel about it. I'm going to save this for next week. All right? So when Himmel, a.k.a. Mad Dog, comes back, we're going to have the great discussion on The Star is Born. Uh, Steven, I think we did a good job. Yeah, I don't even think we need Himmel. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We definitely need Hemel. He's the the only thing keeping this together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can only do this one time. But uh, thank you guys for watching and tune in next week.